Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, the World Juniors. This is Brad Lambert from Team Finland. I'm Oscar Olesen from Team Sweden. Hey, this is Dylan Grand. Hi, I'm Lane Hudson from the U.S. National Team. Dion Mishak. Fabian Lucell. Cole Perfetti. Hey, it's Jake Sanson. I play for Team USA. Major Junior. Hey, this is Matthew Kachuk of the London Knights. I'm Jonathan Yerudo from the St. John's Sea Dogs. Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. Hey, it's Alex Dabrinkit from the Erie Otters. Gerald Dubois from the Cape Breton Screen Eagles. It's Zachary LaRue from the Halifax Mooseheads. This is John Gunther of the Emerson Oil Kings. NCAA. Hey, this is Noah Hannafin from Boston College. Hey, it's Troy Terry from the Denver Pioneers. Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. This is Brock Faber from the University of Minnesota. It's Dylan Hollis from the Wisconsin Badgers. The NHL Draft. U.S. Lovkovsky from TPS. Hey, this is Kevin Krasinski of the Seattle Thunderbirds. Hey, guys, it's Cutter Goche from the U.S. National Team. Hi, it's Matt Savoy with the Winnipeg Ice. Hey, this is Sarah Manzel from Shaska High School. Nessa Goche, I play for the Quebec Ramparts. This is Ty Nelson from the North Bay Battalion. Hey, it's Dylan James from the Sioux City Musketeers. This is Rieger Lorenz from the Okotoks Oilers. And more. And welcome to the Pipeline Show. And this is the Pipeline Show. The Pipeline Show. Pipeline Show. Pipeline Show. The Pipeline Show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Pipeline Show, and it's a big one this week as it is the Memorial Cup Preview Show. My name is Gee Flaming. The program is, of course, brought to you, as always, by the best beef jerky known to mankind. That is Wilhawk Beef Jerky, W-I-L-H-A-U-K, beefjerky.com is their website. Three locations in the Edmonton area that you can pick it up at in person. That would be Leduc, Spruce Grove, and the kiosk in West Edmonton Mall. But go to their website, and they will ship it to you any order, any size, anywhere in Western Canada. That's wilhockbeefjerky.com. Big show this week. As uh, traditionally what we like to do, we've, we kind of got used to calling it the Memorial Cup Coaches Show, uh, where we would get the four coaches from all four teams to come on the program. In fact, I think the first year we did it was 2006, 2007. But we only got like two of the coaches or something. It, it kind of evolved. Uh, and for a while there, maybe it took two, three years before we started to get everybody. But then we did get everybody. And then we started to have some repeats as coaches uh, started making their way back again. Uh, and we thought, well, maybe we'll mix it up. Maybe we'll try the general managers. And as junior hockey has grown and evolved and uh, become a, a much bigger thing, uh, time constraints, certainly with uh, COVID and how that has changed the dynamics between uh, the teams and media, not always sure that we can get the coaches. So I kind of left it open and uh, started doing that with the NCAA Frozen Four Coaches show as well. But what we're doing this year is, uh, well, in in, th- in fact, this case, I was going to go with the general managers. But for a couple of teams, that's also the head coach <laughs> with Kamloops and uh, Quebec. So I thought, you know what, we'll just open it up. And I, I contacted all four teams and uh, gave them a list of like four or five options and let them decide who's going to come on to represent their team. Uh, For instance, with Seattle, I said, uh, well, general manager Bill LaForge or head coach Matt Odette, a couple of uh, players in Dylan Gunther and playoff MVP Thomas Millich, uh, and I let Seattle pick. And I did that with uh, Quebec and Kamloops, as well as uh, with the Peterborough Peets. Actually, I didn't do it with Peterborough because I I knew who I wanted to get, and I'll uh, tell you who that is. Uh, coming up here shortly. Let's get to some news and notes, though. We'll go through these fairly quick. We're going to get into some of these uh, situations a lot more next week in more of a recap, but here's here's what I'm talking about. 
Uh, the 2023 Centennial Cup is now complete. If you're unfamiliar with the Centennial Cup, well, it is the champions from the nine CJHL leagues, the Junior A leagues in Canada, whether it's the Alberta Junior Hockey League or the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League or the Maritime Hockey League. Those nine champions all get together, and then there's a 10th team, which is the host team. This year, that was a Portage in uh, Manitoba. So it was a 10-team tournament, lasts for about 10 days, or a week, 10 days, and all wrapped up with the Brooks Bandits as uh, the national champions. Aiden Fink led the tournament in scoring with 13 points. Top goaltender was Ethan Barwick, uh, both of them from the Brooks Bandits. Uh, next week on the program, Lucas Puncari from the Brandon Sun is going to join me. He was there for a, a large chunk of the Centennial Cup, so we'll go more in-depth next week. Uh, as we uh, look back at what happened in Portage. Also in the books is the BCHL playoffs. And uh, in the least surprising result of potentially all time, the Penticton Vs uh, are your champions this year. The Vs lost only once in the postseason, which sounds about right because they only lost three times in the regular season. The Vs finished the year with 101 points, the next closest team was Cranbrook with 76. That was a massive gap between the Vs and the rest of the field. Uh, so no surprise that Penticton, the top club in the BCHL. The North American Hockey League wrapped up this week. The Oklahoma Warriors win their first ever NAHL title as they beat the Austin Bruins. It was the four teams that gathered in Blaine, Minnesota. It was Austin against uh, Maryland and uh, the Bruins beating the Black Bears and then all... Uh, all-bear battle, and the Oklahoma Warriors uh, beat the Minnesota Wilderness. Looked like it was some pretty good hockey, and uh, we'll recap that event next week here on the Pipeline Show as well. And the USHL wrapped up. The Youngstown Phantoms are the Clark Cup champions. A three-game sweep. Yes, they still only play a best of five in the USHL, but they swept the Fargo Force, uh, winning on home ice in Game 3. Saw this uh, when it comes to college hockey that uh, Logan Cooley has announced he's returning to Minnesota to play with the Golden Gophers again next season. You wonder how much that has to do with how much uh, upheaval is happening with the NHL club, the Arizona Coyotes. That's the team that drafted him last year, and I mean, they're playing at Arizona State right now. Did not get approval for uh, to build a new building. Lots of talk about how that club will be on the move. So right now, if you're Logan Cooley... You're in a pretty good spot at Minnesota. You might want to just uh, wait this one out a bit. So he's going back. Uh, Bryce Brodzinski, who will be a fifth-year senior, uh, also returning to Minnesota. The Philadelphia Flyers hold his rights. Hey, all my guests join me courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline. That tap room and the brew house is open in Red Deer. You can go in, get some grub. You can also order some uh, beverages that are exclusive to the tap room. But if you're in Alberta, you can get restocked with your Troubled Monk to enjoy at home. Just go to your local liquor store, and if they don't have it in stock when you get there, ask them to bring it in for you because it is available to them anywhere in Alberta. Troubledmonk.com shop where you can see everything that Troubled Monk has to offer right now. It changes frequently, so keep checking. All right, here is the guest list for this week's Memorial Cup preview show. Uh, we will begin with the Seattle Thunderbirds and uh, General Manager Bill LaForge is going to join me. Now, it was a little bit shorter, probably about three, four minutes shorter than the other three interviews this week. All of these were done on the same day. They all took part on uh, Monday. The T-Birds wrapped up the WHL title on Friday, so they had the weekend 
but very, it's a very busy time. Uh, so by the end of it, his uh, answer started to get a little quicker, <laughs> and I could tell he's probably needing to go. So uh, we wrapped it up, but it's still nearly a 20-minute conversation with uh, Bill LaForge. Uh, from there, we'll go to the other WHL representative. They're the host. It's the Kamloops Blazers and uh, head coach and general manager, Sean Clouston, is my guest. Now, they've been off for a couple of weeks, but I don't think that's a situation where you have to worry about rust setting in. To me, that's a perfect amount of time. If you're not going to win your league, don't make the final because then you have the advantage of getting a little rest. And if you have some bumps and bruises, you get a little healthier. I'm sure their preference would have been to go into the Memorial Cup through the front door as champs, but this is a very good team and uh, we get to know the Blazers through the eyes of Sean Clouston in our second guest segment. Uh, from there, we will go and look at the Quebec Remparts and uh, was not able to get Patrick Waugh. And the reason for that is, as I mentioned, these interviews were done on Monday. The Q series wrapped up on Sunday night, and then the team flew back from Halifax to Quebec City, and then they partied. So, you can imagine, uh, probably not the best interview on uh, Monday, but I gave a, a list of names to the Remparts, and I was uh, fortunate. And the guy I expected I would get was terrific. Uh, Ray Cluche is the uh, longtime voice of the Quebec Remparts, and it's always a treat when I have him on the program. Uh, so that will be our look at the Quebec Remparts, and we will wrap it up with the general manager of the Peterborough Peets. The OHL champions took their crown on Sunday night as well, uh, but they did it at home. Mike Oak, a longtime friend here on the Pipeline Show. I was going to say an old friend, and I guess that uh, could have two meanings. Yeah, He's been a friend for a long time, and he's also old, like me. We weren't as old back when we started this show. He was uh, uh, the head scout for International Scouting Services, ISS. You might remember that, you draft junkies. Well, he was on the program regularly, like every month, going through their monthly releases and uh, talking about players for the NHL draft. Well, from there, he went on and became the general manager of the Peterborough Peets and finally captures the OHL title. So we catch up and we get to know his team ahead of the Memorial Cup. So an absolutely loaded show. It's a fun one. We're going to start with the Seattle Thunderbirds and the general manager. That's Bill LaForge. Next, you're listening to The Pipeline Show, brought to you by Willock Beef Jerky. Hi, this is John Gunther of the Edmonton Oil Kings. And he'll lead out three all kings. Riley Sachuk three on through through neutral ice. Sachuk gains the line, floats it in front for Gunther, charging down. Gunther, and it scores! I didn't think they'd find a way to make that work, but it does. Dylan Gunther tucks it home. It's 6 3 Edmonton. And you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Since 1965, Wilhawk Beef Jerky has provided fresh, top-quality beef jerky made with 100% Alberta beef. From your very first bite, you'll understand that real jerky isn't found at the convenience store. It's tender, full of flavor, with just a hint of subtle spices. Wilhawk's jerky is aged, seasoned, and marinated to lock in the flavors, and then smoked to perfection. Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It might just be the best you've ever tasted. Try for yourself. Search W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Yes! That's awesome! Hey, welcome back to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. It is uh, time for the 2023 Memorial Cup preview show. And uh, this week we've got, I think, 
three of the four GMs lined up and uh, one other special guest who's going to handle the Quebec Ramparts for us. But we're going to begin with the WHL champions, and that means the general manager, Bill LaForge, is on the show. Uh, Bill, welcome to the Pipeline Show. Welcome back to the program. Uh, first time you've been on as a uh, WHL champion, though. I appreciate you making time like this. How are things? Things are great. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Now, it is a really busy time. Uh, as you and I are speaking right now, just for the listeners' benefit, it's Monday. You haven't gone out to Kamloops just yet. Maybe just uh, give us a bit of a, a preview of what your week is going to be like and how busy it is for the for you and for the team. Yeah, I mean, we were... Luckily, we uh, we clinched it a little earlier, so we've had some extra days. But you know, just sitting in the office trying to figure out travel arrangements and hotel arrangements, ticket arrangements, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been a busy few days, and still you know finding time for the guys to to practice and and prepare uh, for a, you know a whole new set of uh, opponents. You'll travel what on Wednesday, and I know there's a big banquet before the tournament starts, and then the first game is on Friday. You don't play that one. Uh, thankfully for yourself so a little extra rest there as well but it's a pretty compact schedule yeah it is it's uh we will travel early wednesday morning um you know and our, our first game is saturday uh it's a three o'clock game so that's a little different for us but we'll uh we'll figure it out that way and be excited to get going all right well let's talk about the team how you got here and uh i think the first thing that jumps out at me is just how much your roster has evolved over the course of the season because you made big moves in the off season last year uh, and then uh, did some some pretty big moves along the way as well and that's got to be a challenge for not just for you to put the team together but for that locker room to come together and gel like that was there any concern with making as many moves as he did that it might be too many moves we we thought about that you know quite a bit but we were really confident in in our group that we had existing especially the guys coming back from last year and then all the players that we acquired we had some, um, you know, educated knowledge on on the kind of people they were and and the te- kind of teammates they were. So we were pretty confident that uh, you know anyone we brought in would gel really quickly, and and thankfully they did. Uh, I think a lot of the credit for that goes to our coaching staff, um, just making sure that our group was given every opportunity to gel and and excel, and and they did that. So we were really really proud of the, of our group and our coaching staff. Bill, we're going to go through your roster a bit and pick out some players' names and, and get you to give us a bit of a, a report on them. And we'll take this from the perspective of maybe a fan from uh, the Q or from the OHL that doesn't focus all that much on the WHL. Um, so you'll have to educate the, some of the listeners on what your team is like. Uh, let's start in that. And I think the one interesting thing about this tournament this year is that all four teams have average size goaltenders. None of them drafted. But they're all outstanding goaltenders, and you've got two of them, as a matter of fact. Uh, but Thomas Millich, what a heck of a year for him. Uh, a World Junior uh, gold medal uh, and a playoff MVP and obviously a WHL champion. Now, uh, for those who haven't seen Thomas Millich, can you give us a bit of uh, uh, your thoughts on your starting netminer? Yeah, I mean, we've we've known here for three years what everyone has been finding out this year. I mean, he's a, he's a big game goaltender. He rises to the occasion, uh, each and every night. It seems like the, the higher the stakes, the more calm he is and and the better he is in that for us. So, um, you know, he's, he gives us all the confidence in the world, um, when he's in the net. And like I, like you said, uh, Scott Ratzlaff, who's, you know, playing behind him right now is another world-class, you know, high, highly rated goaltender for the draft this year. So we think, both our goalies will be drafted this year, and um, 
you know, I can't, there's not, there's not another tandem in the league that I'd be more confident in. That's for sure. Yeah. Outstanding uh, pairing. And those guys, I imagine they're, they're competitive players, uh, but they push each other and, and obviously do what's best for the team in that regard. Uh, but that's, it's got to be a great situation where in the regular season, I mean, you basically split with them uh, down the stretch. And I was wondering when it came to the playoffs, what the team's strategy would be. Do you continue with the platoon system or not? Uh, what was the deciding factor in that, that you just stuck with Milic the whole way? Yeah, I think that, you know, like I said, we were confident in either one of them, but, uh, you know, we started with Millie and, and just how, how well he's played. There hasn't really been a, a reason to make a change and, and they're, they're their biggest supporters. I mean, if you, if you knew those two kids, they, they're as close as can be. And, and, uh, you know, Ratsy knows that he's going to have his time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll get to carry the ball for us as we move forward. But, uh, you know, for this year, we just felt that going with one guy and, and giving him the chance to run with it was, was the best, uh, for a group. All right, Dell, going to your blue line core. And we saw the, your club last year in the WHL final against the Old Kings. So I got to see them up close firsthand. And it was a really strong team at the beginning of the year. Much like Edmonton did last year, though, you, you added a lot of veteran experience to your blue line, picking up Nolan Allen and, of course, Luke Prokop, who uh, you got to know against uh, the Oil Kings uh, last season, really helped round out your defense and made them just all that much stronger. Uh, tell me about your blue line, and for somebody who hasn't seen your group play, uh, what stands out for you uh, amongst your uh, your defensive core? Yeah, I think, you know, the... The acquisition of, of Nolan and, and Luke was something that we felt we needed to do just to, to make sure we had enough depth going, going forward. But, um, you know, the guys that fall under the radar kind of thing is that Jeremy Hansel, who's, I think, regular season in playoffs is plus 95. Um, and, uh, and over a point a game in the playoffs and plays all the key minutes for us. So it's, uh, and Sawyer Minio is another one, uh, that's just been exceptional for us. So, you know, you have the big flashy names like Korczynski and, and Allen, but, you know, Prokop, Hansel, Minio, and, and actually Bryce Pickford, who's a 16 year old for us, have, have all been excellent in the playoffs and, and all season. Um, and then, you know, our seventh guy right now, who's, you know, we don't feel as an actual seventh defenseman is Hyde Davidson, another 16 year old out of Edmonton. So we're uh, really happy with our group back there and, and confident that they can all play in, you know, every situation. And they've been really good for us, uh, you know, throughout the year, but especially into the playoffs. Is there something about that veteran uh, leadership uh, from guys like Prokop and Allen that you bring in almost mercenary like to, to just fill out your roster and uh, add that uh, experience and, and what that does to a group? It must just be a like a calming presence out there yeah i think it, i think it was i mean um both of those guys came in as um and, and accepted whatever role they were given they're you know neither one of them is is a power play guy for us per se and you know when the teams they were on before that a lot of them they were power plays so right. i think if you look at i think hansel runs our second unit and korchinski runs our first unit those are pretty good offensive defensemen and you know so prokop and allen have stepped into the pk and and like you said, they're just a calming influence on the back end. They, there's no stage that's too big for them. They're they're quite excited and and happy to be doing what they're doing with us, and it just fits into our whole motto of team first. And and they've jumped right in and, and helped us with that. Yeah, Jeremy Hansel, as you mentioned, uh, not drafted yet. That's a shocker to me. He's been a terrific defenseman in the league uh, for a few years now, and uh, I I'm with you. I think he gets taken uh, next month at the NHL draft. All right, let's go to your forward group. And again, some big additions here along the way, but you had a, you had one of the best teams in training camp, uh, and you just added and added, uh, big time weapons uh, to your group. 
like Doc and like uh, Dylan Gunther and and uh, Brad Lambert. Um, maybe let's start with the Lambert acquisition because that was in the offseason. Was that a, a trade that you made almost like a leap of faith that what if he comes? Or did you have a, a, a bit of a sense that eventually he'd come to you? No, it was, it, like you said, it was something that we just thought if there was an opportunity to acquire a player like this, um, we had to take it. And, you know, I didn't reach out to Winnipeg, um, you know, or reach out to Brad, I should say. I was in talks with Winnipeg, but uh, once Brad was in the American League, we kind of just said, okay, if, you know, we're here if he if he's going to come back, but if not, we're happy for him and, and glad he's playing in, in Manitoba. But once they sent him back, it was something really exciting for us, and um, he's been great. Uh, he's a great kid, and he's been a real hap- really happy to be a Thunderbird, and that's something that, uh, you know, has allowed us to, you know, surround him with players that, that make him better, and he's having a great season, and it's going to, you know, pay dividends for him going forward. Does it take a little bit of time for a guy that was in his situation, I mean, he was playing pro hockey, to maybe flip a mental switch to, okay, I'm in junior now, uh, and i got to make that change mentally? Did you see that with with either him or Dylan Gunther, for that matter? You know, I I expected that more than I saw that. I think that, you know, both Dylan and Brad, they love hockey and they love playing the game and they love competing. They're both very competitive kids in their own in their own way. So, you know, once they came to a team with a bunch of like minded people, I mean, we're our guys wanted to win a championship this year, but you know, almost every guy on our roster has pro potential mm-hmm. and pro aspirations. So they're all kind of pushing in the same direction for the same same goals individually as well as collectively. So I think that once they joined the group, it was uh, it was a pretty seamless transition. And again, I, I give a lot of credit to that to our coaching staff, but also to the to the existing group, the you know Lucas Siona, Jared Davidson, the guys that Jordan Gustafson that came back from last year. Um, you know, I think that once they got in here and saw the mindset of our group, it was pretty easy to to jump in and you know start start helping out. Uh, same thing that I asked about Lambert about how confident you were that he would report or that he would uh, come to you. Dylan Gunther, I mean, he was playing in the NHL. I think I read he was on the beach uh, during the uh, All Star break when he got the news that he was going to uh, Seattle. I mean, was that again another leap of faith sort of acquisition? I mean, it was. It was pretty uh, conditional. A lot of the picks that you sent Edmonton's way, right? Hundred. It was a hundred percent a leap of faith. It was, hey, there's a possibility and. If he comes back, we want him to be a T-bird. Um, so we'll do what we need to do to make that happen. But I never, you know, even after we made the trade, I never reached out to Arizona or to Dylan. I just said, okay, it's gonna it's gonna play out, and you know, whatever way we're we're happy with uh, with him. If he gets to play in the NHL the whole season, we're happy for him. And if he comes back, we'll welcome him with open arms. For a fan who hasn't seen the T-birds play at all this year, how do you describe your forward group as as a whole? Um, we're deep. We're heavy. And, uh, you know, where we can go kind of any, play any style the other team wants to play. If they want to play a speed game, we're fast. If they want to play, uh, trans- transition, we can do that. And also we can play an in zone game. So it's a, it's a pretty, pretty deep group that's very well rounded. Uh, you've had some of these players on your roster for a long time. Lucas Siona, Jared Davidson, players like that, guys who have been with you for a number of years. Reed Schaefer, another one. How rewarding is it for you as the GM? to celebrate a WHL championship with those guys. It was it was great. I mean, uh, I when we were on the ice after the game, Sam Popovich came up to me and he's like, "You told me when I was 15 we were going to do this when I was 19, hmm. and now we did it." And so, you know, it's a it's been a, a long-term goal of ours and we kind of had this year circled. So, when it when it 
comes to fruition, it's something very rewarding that I'll never forget. Makai Saunders, another one of those uh, guys who've been with you for a long time, Pop, which you, you mentioned. There's 10 drafted players already on your team. We've talked about some of the guys who haven't been selected yet. And you got a couple of forwards uh, as well who are going to be fairly high draft picks in uh, Grayson Sauchin, uh, Sauchin, excuse me, and, uh, and Nico Majadovic. I, I've, I've liked both of these guys all season long. For, for uh, the, the people who are draft junkies who listen to this show, can you give us a bit of a scouting report on both of those guys? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, like you said, I think we're going to have six guys drafted this year. That's my, that's my prediction. Um, you know, Nico's a 200 foot guy, can play in every situation. He's a coach's security blanket. If we're up by a goal, down by a goal, power play, penalty kill, he's always a guy you want on the ice. Um, scored a big goal for us in the in the clinching game on a penalty shot. Um, he's just he's he's the epitome of what every coach wants. He's the smartest guy in the rink every time he's on the ice. Um, with Grayson, his offensive abilities are uh, second to none. He's got great hands. Um, skating has come a long way for him, and uh, he's a very very competitive kid. So he he plays hard every night, and he, he kind of fits what a Thunderbird is and. Um, you know, he's going to make some team very happy on draft day. Your tournament starts on Saturday against the Peterborough Peets. Uh, you did wrap up the WHL championship on Friday, so it gave you a little bit extra time to, to prepare and rest up. Uh, I imagine you watched uh, as much of the Peets as you could and probably will do some, uh, some cramming on them the rest of this week as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We got, uh, two teams that we're not very familiar with that we need to watch. And then obviously Kamloops that, uh, seems like we've played 20 times in the last three months. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing a lot of preparation this week and our coaches do a great job and I'm sure our guys will be ready. You've been at this event before. What's the biggest challenge uh, outside of actually facing off and beating the team on the other side of the rink from you? There's a lot of distractions uh, at an event like this. How do you, how do you uh, overcome that? I think you just keep your, your mindset, uh, pretty narrow. Um, uh, just do control what we can control and, um, uh, give our best game every night. I think, yeah, that's how you have to do it. You just, want to come in and know what time the game starts and be ready to go right off the bat and uh, not put yourself in a hole, you know, after game one. So we, I think every game is obviously important, but the start is, is huge in a, in a short-term tournament like the one we're going into. Uh, are you expecting a lot of T-Bird fans to uh, make the trip up? Our, our, our team travels very well. So, yes, I'm expecting a ton of T-Bird fans. And then tons out of Edmonton for uh, a lot of my family and friends are coming down too. All so right, perfect. Exciting. Perfect. Yep. Well, Bill, listen, I really appreciate your time. Uh, congratulations on the WHL title, and uh, best of luck at the Memorial Cup. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Here's Bill LaForge, the general manager of the WHL champion, Seattle Thunderbirds. And I said at the start there that it's the first time he's been on since he was a WHL champ. It's because he joined the team in 2018-19 as the GM. Before that, he was with the Everett Silvertips. So he wasn't at the uh, tournament in 2017 when it was in Windsor. That featured the Spitfires and the Erie Otters in the final. St. John and Seattle were the other two teams there. But it wasn't a great uh, tournament for Seattle that time. I expect going into this one, they might be the favorite. It, it's really hard to, to pick a favorite, especially when I mean, two of these teams haven't played any of the other contenders. Peterborough hasn't played anybody here, and Quebec hasn't played anybody here. Kamloops and Seattle know each other pretty well, so anything can happen. I mean, last year I thought the Edmonton Oil Kings were in a really good position, although they lost Dylan Gunther in the WHL final, and Caden Gooley was really banged up. In a tournament like this, pretty much anything can happen, and the hosts have uh, traditionally done pretty well. 
St. John was the host last year. Of course, they had a huge break as they lost in the first round of the playoffs. But I do think this year's tournament is going to be really interesting. And uh, these uh, Seattle Thunderbirds, man, they are stacked. Solid net mining. Their defense is uh, now experienced. And keep in mind, they were in the WHL final last year. So even if they didn't get to the Memorial Cup, lots of playoff experience, big game experience. A couple of guys who were at the Memorial Cup last year in Prokop and Gunther. Gunther and Brad Lambert led the team in scoring in the playoffs. Two huge additions for that club. Uh, Jared Davidson was next with 23 points. Jeremy Hansel, though, what a postseason he had. 22 points in 19 playoff games. Reed Schaefer, who was originally drafted by the Oilers but involved in a uh, trade that the uh, NHL club made. His rights now held by the Nashville Predators. Got three Chicago Blackhawk prospects in Kevin Korchinski and Nolan Allen on the back end as well as Colton Dock. Seattle picked up uh, Kyle Krenkovic from the Saskatoon Blades last year. At the time, he was coming off a season where he was fifth in league scoring. So funny to think, but that's a guy who kind of slips under the radar here with this team, just with how deep it is. Then you got Lucas Siona, who's a draft pick of the Calgary Flames. Only had nine points in 19 playoff games, but he had 75 points in the regular season in 63 games. Nico Majadovic, who I think is going to be probably a second-round draft pick, as well as a Grayson Souchin. This is a really, really deep team. Probably, I think, the best chance here that the uh, WHL has had to have a Memorial Cup champion. Now, the last dub team to do it was the Oil Kings in 2014. Kelowna was in the final in 2015. Regina was in the final in 2018 when they hosted. And that's as close as the dub has come since 2014. Uh, I would be shocked if there wasn't a WHL team in the final. And right now, I'm picking Seattle to be the uh, Memorial Cup champ. The host team is going to have something to say about that, though the Kamloops Blazers will be hungry to get back and exact some revenge against the uh, T-Birds. The head coach and general manager of the Kamloops Blazers is Sean Clouston, and he is up next here on the Pipeline Show. It's the Memorial Cup preview brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. We'll be right back. This is Logan Stankoven. I play for the Kamloops Blazers. It's the Blazers, Stankoven, left wing, trying to work around Dory. And does uh, Stankoven and shoots! And this is the Pipeline Show. Sarah from Buford loves Wilhawk beef jerky. My husband is an expressive <gasps> fan, prone to waving his arms about, which is unfortunate for those next to him. And the snacks. Do you know how hard it is to get salsa out of carpet? It was a miracle when I found Wilhawk beef jerky. No more crushed chips strewn about or toppled dips. A fistful of jerky can be waved about with little mess to clean up later. Thanks, Wilhawk. Wilhawk beef jerky. It's the best. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. All right, we're back on The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. We continue looking ahead to the upcoming Memorial Cup. And our next stop is with the host city, the Kamloops Blazers, getting set to kick things off on Friday against the Quebec Remparts. 
And, of course, the Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best, and you can get it anywhere in Western Canada by going to wilhockbeefjerky.com. My guest uh, to preview the tournament for the Blazers is the head coach and the general manager of the team, Sean Clouston. Uh, welcome back to the program, uh, Mr. Clouston. How are you? Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm doing well, thank you. Well, I appreciate you making time. I know it's a, a really busy week. One thing you don't have to worry about is the travel, uh, and you've had a little bit more rest. How have uh, have you spent the last, say, 10 days? Well, uh, we we lost out on uh, the Monday night. Um, we gave the guys a break, told them to to get home if they could and, and make sure they were back by Sunday evening. Uh, on Monday, uh, last Monday, um, we met, uh, had a had a, a breakfast, uh, you know, put together a little presentation for the players, and you know just presented our our plan. Um, you know the the mindset we had, you know we had a couple of uh, areas that we really wanted to focus in. You know, kind of our you know, some themes and slogans for for the eleven days of, of prep uh, before our game Friday night. Uh, turns out to be against the, the Remparts. Well, a, a fantastic season for your club and a really strong, impressive playoff run. Fell short uh, against the Seattle Thunderbirds, but uh, I imagine you're chomping at the bit to get back at the team that eliminated you from uh, the WHL playoffs. But uh, first off, uh, for the listeners' benefit, uh, we're chatting on Monday, so nobody has flown into Kamloops yet. All the pre-tournament banquet hasn't happened yet. Uh, what are you doing right now, though, uh, between now and I guess Wednesday, Thursday, when things really start kicking off. I imagine it's like uh, studying in university for exams, and you're doing a lot of cramming right now. Yeah, a little bit for sure. I think that uh, you know there's a, a balance between you know uh, making sure that our game is where we want it to be, and then focusing on on, on us, uh, and, and then adding in uh, you know the tendencies, the things that we're looking at, uh, getting prepared for for our first opponent. Well, you really don't have to study anything about uh, the Seattle. You know them pretty well. But uh, when you're going up against Quebec and Peterborough, these are two teams you don't know at all. Is it more about concentrating on yourselves and making sure you execute your game plan, or do you kind of have to uh, do some homework on those two teams? No, you have to do some homework. I mean, there's sort of a, a process. You know, even the regular season. You know, it's it's it, it, in a, in a strange way, it's a little bit more like that. If you had a really tough part of your schedule. Uh, you're playing top teams. You play somebody on a Wednesday, and then you play two more teams Friday, Saturday. So I mean, it's it, it's similar to that. And in those situations, I mean, there's there's sort of the game day prep. You you meet in the morning and you show some video and you say, you know, these are the things that we're looking at uh, on our power play. Uh, you know, here here's here's some options that that are going to work against uh, what they do. Um, you know, here's 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 a look at you know what our penalty kill is going to have to face, and 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 what we believe is important to, you know, shutting them down. Um, you know, you look a little bit at tendencies five on five as well. Um, but in saying that, you know, the it, it's different than a seven game series where there's you know a, a adjustments that have to be made uh, in between games. Um, you've you've got a day or two to work on preparing for that same opponent. Um, so there, there, there's a balance there. You're looking for tendencies while the major focus is on getting your team ready to, to play the best best game. It really is different than a seven-game series, an event like this. Uh, you're no stranger to it, though. You've been here before a couple of years with the Medicine Hat Tigers, and 
uh, when you were on the bench there with the Tigers. Take me back. I think in Portland was the season right before you were a full time player, or were you around the Memorial Cup that it, back in what was it two uh, in nineteen ninety six? Yeah. So the the two the two seasons in Medicine Hat oh uh, three oh four and then oh six oh seven were were real good experiences. I think we learned a lot from our oh three oh four season and and and. and prepped and planned and just prepared for the the, the whole event uh, a lot better in six seven we had beat vancouver and then uh they beat us we beat them in round robin as well but they beat us in the in the, in the final game um back to the portland days that was uh even earlier than, than you mentioned i played in portland 86 87 right they hosted in uh the year before that so i was actually uh, i had played at the university of alberta as a 17 year old, but had made a decision at the end of that, that I would play in Portland the next year. So I was in with a, with a, a you know, soon to be teammate of mine, Steve Klopsik. And we, we spent, uh, we spent the, the, the week there kind of observing and, you know, being, being a, a part of it and a little bit from the outside looking in. All right. So you've been there a little bit as a player, but also as a, as a head coach. So, you know, there's a lot going on all week on and off the ice how how big of a challenge is that for you now as your position uh, as head coach and GM to make sure that it doesn't become a distraction? Guys are focused on on what they have to do and they don't kind of get uh, sidetracked. Yeah, I think you 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 know I I use the experience uh, the, the the two more recent ones even though it's a, it's a while ago three oh four and oh six oh seven I think we did a much better job in you know six oh seven sort of. Um, you know, monitoring mm-hmm. um, what was going on, uh, but also making sure that the players did, you know, take part in in in, in some of the events. Uh, you do you do want to get a feel for how special it is. We we don't want the players just you know staying in their rooms and and uh, and, and not being part of it because it's it's a pretty special time. Um, you know, I think that. You know, one of the things that that we're going to really take advantage of, even though the host team is that all the teams have a liaison. Um, we'll, we'll meet with with our guy tomorrow, um, and and just just take advantage of of, of that. Um, they're, they're there to help to set up some meals, to to, to run errands. Some something happens. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're just really there to, to make things run as smoothly as possible. So we'll take advantage of that. Um, we've scheduled a team visit to the Hockey Hall of Fame exhibit that's, that, that's here. Uh, we'll do that as a group. You know, there is some time off. I mean, we, we've, we've got a real good schedule. We play Friday and then Sunday and then Wednesday. So there's, there's some days mm-hmm. off that we're going to make sure that, you know, we, we go out for a real nice team dinner. Um, and, and that's from experience. That's from talking to other general managers in our league. That's from talking to, to different people that have, you know, been at the Memorial Cup, maybe as a, you know, uh, you know, as, as the champion, or, or 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 even other, you know, I've picked a lot of brains on, you know, w- what's important, what's not important, and and so we've we we feel real good about, you know, what we have planned and and how we're going to approach it. I think part of that is. You know, making sure that you you let the players know this is this is going to be different. Um, we don't set our practice times; that that's set up. So mm-hmm. the, the practice times are a little bit all over the map. The pregame skates are at different times, so it, it's going to be different. We're prepared for that. We're gonna we're gonna roll with it and and make sure that the most important thing is that 
that our game is strong starting Friday night. Well, there'll be a lot of media attention and a lot of interview requests, and maybe for the guys who have been at World Junior Championship uh, have that that sort of experience before. And, of course, you have a couple of uh, former Royal Kings who were at the Memorial Cup last year. So some guys who have been through this sort of spectacle, and maybe they can share that experience with the, uh, the rest of the team as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we've already, we, we just, we just finished a meeting, uh, earlier, just kind of prior to, to us chatting, chatting on, on the phone here and, and, it, and address some of those things. Um, and, and as you mentioned, we do have a number of players that have participated in, uh, you know, the world juniors or the Memorial Cup or, uh, you know, the world U8 teams and, and, right. and, and it's it's definitely uh, exciting and it's different and there's some challenges, but let's embrace all of that. Uh, you know, just believing that you know we have, you know, we have somewhat of an advantage uh, because we're we're at home. You know, so so the energy from the fans, you know, the the, the familiarity with the you know coming to our building, being in our dressing room, we're really going to embrace those things and and, uh, and and look for that to, to give us an edge. Sean Cluson's the GM and the head coach of the Kamloops Blazers. Uh, let's get to know your team a little bit, and uh, we'll we'll do this for the benefit of fans who maybe are followers of Peterborough or Quebec, and they don't follow the WHL all that close. Uh, they'll want to get to know your team too. Uh, so maybe let's start in net. Uh, Dylan Ernst is your starting netminder. Interesting that all four teams at the Memorial Cup this year all have you know six foot six one six two goaltenders. None of them drafted. So they're all kind of the really good goaltenders at the junior level, but might not have that name recognition across the country. Tell us about Dylan Ernst. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think that name recognition is, is starting to build and grow for for these four netminders. Sure, that's for sure. <laughs> um, you know, I think this is a you know a real big stage for them to to perform to perform on. Um, Ernie Ernie's been great for us. Um, you know, he played behind Dylan Grand for a couple of years, so um, you know was was more counted on as as a backup goaltender. Um, Dylan Grand was obviously a you know a, a well known name, um, and uh, so, so coming into the season, there was a you know there's probably for fans for you know for for people in and around the game some some question marks. Uh, we believed in him. Um, Dan De Palma is our goaltending coach, and Towns has got a, a pretty strong tradition of of, uh, of of you know solid goaltending uh, NHL prospects, NHL goaltenders. So um, you know we we believe that that Ernie was on the right track, and that uh, you know over the course of the season that he would you know continue to develop, which he did. Um, you know there was. Like I said, some, some talk early on, um, you know, with media, with within the hockey world, that you know maybe Camels is going to have to to go shopping and find a right. find a start, find a starter. But you know, as the the season went on, you know, Dylan established himself as, as one of the top goaltenders in the league. You know, in in, in all kinds of statistical ca- categories, he had a. He had an amazing season and, and a real strong playoff performance as well. Yeah, it's interesting what you said. It was a bit of a question mark at that position for you, but not because you don't know if he, he can do it. It's just that he hasn't done it yet. Uh, and now that you've had him for a full season as your starter, there's there's got to be a lot of confidence. I mean, he was terrific for you in the playoffs. Yeah, he really was. I mean, he gave us a chance. Um, 
you know, he was, he was rock solid through our, our, our first two series sweeps and, and, uh, you know, just, just fought hard and, and gave us a chance. I mean, you know, some really close games and overtime, uh, loss where we actually, you know, when you, you look back, you think, man, we had some chances to end that. And what would the series have looked like if we could have got game two, but, but Dylan was strong the whole way through. The guys have a lot of confidence in him. Uh, he's a really well-liked uh, player. Um, you know, a little bit, a little bit unassuming. Uh, you know, as far as his personality, uh, but he gets in in in, the, in between the pipes, and, and you know, he's a he's a fierce competitor. All right, let's talk about the players in front of your netminder, and uh, I guess we should start on the blue line. And Olin Zellweger, probably the best defenseman in in the Canadian Hockey League. When you pick him up. There's, I'm sure you knew a lot about him before you got him, but what did you learn from him after you, he joined your team and you got to, you know, watch him from your bench? Yeah, I mean, what what he did, um, you know, the numbers he put up with us from the trade deadline on have been, you know, nothing short of spectacular. Yeah. Um, you know, he he just he's he's really flourished here, incredibly fast. His his, his puck skills are are off the chart. Um, he can absolutely rip the puck. Uh, he, he loves to shoot it, and, and we encourage that. Um, he's, he's a force back there. He, uh, you know, he dictates the play. Um, he's in incredible shape. Uh, he loves the game of hockey. He's the type of player that that's here early, and you basically got to kick him out at the end of the day because he's he's still working on his his puck handling in the hallway or on the other side of the the rink. We've got a We've got a net set up a little bit of shooting gallery, ripping pucks over there. No, he's an extremely focused, extremely you know committed hockey player that just kind of lives and, and breathes the game. And uh, the, the the thing about Zelly that uh, I think is going to really factor in you you know you watch the World Juniors and you and you, you listen to, to, to the to the commentators and just you know, the ice time that he's capable of, of, of playing is, 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 is going to really factor in. There's, there's the TV timeouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's a guy you're going to see on the ice a lot, I'm sure. Another drafted player on your blue line is Kyle Masters, who you picked up from Red Deer. And I was really interested the way he's developed here and kind of evolved uh, in his WHL career. 14 points with Red Deer last year, 65 points for you this year. And he was a really good sort of defensive defenseman for Red Deer, but there's been a untapped potential here for offense that he's real. You've, you find a way to, to get him to tap into that this year. How has he changed here over the course of the last 12 months? Yeah. You know, I think we really liked him. Um, you know, I, I knew him a little bit of the Bantam. Um, you know, we watched some video and, and you know, we, we've got a guy that, you know, does a little bit of statistical analysis for us. We ju- we just really saw some upside. We we probably didn't know or, or think it would be as positive as it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but we liked the way he played. We we really believed that you know he would fit in uh, to the way we the way we play. Um, you know we we want to get our D man involved. Uh, we want we want we want puck movers. You know the way we look at it is you know the the defensemen are almost like quarterbacks, and in today's game, they've they really they really start a lot of plays. I mean, they've got to they've got to find the puck, and it's you know it's not just throw it up the boards. It's 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 
it's look for your options. Is it the wall? Is it the middle? Is it your partner? And, and, and so he does a great job of you know, distributing pucks. Uh, he's a he's a terrific skater. Um, you know, so he can he can skate himself out of trouble to to get the the play moving up the ice. Um, I think I think we've got a real good uh, you know real good leadership group here and. And they they welcomed him. I think that was part of his success. He felt comfortable right away. Uh, he was given an opportunity, you know, to to be a an offensive guy for us, and uh, he's he, he's really flourished here. How did you describe the rest of your blue line core? You know, uh, I think I think there's some real good depth there. I think that Logan Barros is a little bit of an unsung hero. His his minutes uh, on the power play have had diminished um he's he's sort of the next guy up but uh, he did a real good job um kind of had a breakout season at 19 years old um you know we've got uh, young harrison brunick he's 16 years old he's going to be a guy that uh, people are going to talk a lot about in the years to come he's, he's got tremendous upside yeah, to me he's a an nhl prospect um brandwood is a is an overage for us. He's kind of born and raised with the Kamloops ways as far as his junior hockey career is con- is concerned. Uh, an absolute warrior, uh, fierce competitor. Um, you know, doesn't factor in a ton offensively, but you know, leads the team in block shots on the, on most nights. Uh, real strong on the penalty kill. Um, you know, a heart and soul guy, a character guy. Um, we 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 we've got some. Some, some depth. We we brought up Ryan Nolan. To, he'll he'll kind of be the, the the seventh eighth guy. Ryan Michael has been injured a little bit, so he's healthy and available for us. Yeah. And then Apple Sorrell, kind of a steady, solid, two way defender, big, uh, strong. Um, so so pretty pretty good depth. We we really like our depth on the back end. All right. Well, we got to move to the forwards, and uh, you got seven guys with uh, ties to NHL clubs and. Including uh, Dalen Kiefer, who just signed with the uh, New York Islanders, uh, plus uh, a guy or two that are probably going to get drafted next month. Connor Levis being one of them. Uh, this is a really impressive forward group, and and Logan Stankoven. What an uh, it's an amazing stat to say that he's won the playoff uh, scoring race in the WHL the last two years and hasn't played in the final in either of those years. That's that's unbelievable. Logan Stankoven can play on my team any day, and uh, you got to feel pretty privileged to have him on your team. Yeah, you know he, he's been terrific. I mean, a lot of you know, a lot of pressure on on the young man. I mean, he's a hometown um, hometown guy, um, born and raised here in Kamloops. Um, you know, played a little bit at 15. It was called up for the playoffs, and and, and I got here. You know, it's been four years for both of us together. I've I've, I've just seen his work ethic and his determination and his competitiveness. You know, just take him to places that I, you know, I think people hoped he could get to, but he's probably exceeded, you know, even even some of the highest expectations. He's he's not a tall player, but he's strong. Uh, he's got an incredible motor. Um, he's, he's he's tenacious. He's he's got a great shot. No, he's 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 been awesome for us. You know, I think I think a little bit of a break here was good for him just to kind of reset and refocus. You know, we we had a little bit of a, a controlled scrimmage today. He 
he looks as fast as he, he's ever looked. So I, I think he's really motivated and, and ready to go for the tournament. All right, and your next uh, leading scorer uh, from the offensive, uh, from the forward group, is is Matthew Semenov. But I mean, you got so much depth. Caden Bankier's right there, and Ryan Hofer, who you picked up uh, from the Everett Silver Tips. The depth of your your forwards, I mean, well, deep. It's the the depth is deep. You, you got a lot of weapons. Yeah. Uh, and as a coach, I imagine, uh, well, you're probably smiling when you hear that. Yeah, and I think you know, there's lots of guys to mention. I mean, I think. For me to start with the, the the four guys that have been here all four years, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you've mentioned them: Seminoff, Bankier, Stankov, and Kiefler. I mean, it's just been uh, it's been very rewarding. It's been a privilege to to watch these guys grow up. Um, you know, so the the three of them uh, were 16 um, when they when they started. Uh, Kiefler was Kiefler was a little bit in and out of the lineup at 17. Um, to start with, Bank here and Seminoff were a little bit in the line out of the lineup at 16. To, so to see those guys, you know, start their career as in and out guys, and just you know having to compete and and, and, and learn how to play hard, and, you know, learn how to play the way we wanted them to play to, to stay in the lineup. Um, it, it, it's just been a it's been a real fun process to be a part of with those with those young men and. You fast forward four years later, and and they're all drafted and they're all signed. It's uh, it's it, it, it's quite a quite a feat, that's for sure. One of the deals you made earlier in the season to uh, add to your roster was uh, with the Oil Kings. Well, you made two separate deals with the Oil Kings: uh, Shea Van Olm, who's a depth player for you, but Jakob Demick, who was really good for the Oil Kings last year and at the Memorial Cup, set a record for his proficiency at the faceoff dot. For you, you had to be patient. You had to wait for him uh, to get healthy this year. Didn't play at all for Edmonton and, and didn't uh, arrive for you until basically the trade deadline. Uh, only played 15 regular season games for you. But having a guy like that who's got that experience uh, at this tournament, uh, what does he bring to the to the team and, and how has he been for you as a Blazer? Yeah, I think that uh, that experience is going to be really important. I mean, he's been there. And again, you can learn from you know, successes and you can learn from, from, from not having success. And, 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 and I think that, you know, when you've got guys who played world juniors, when you've got guys who have played in this tournament, that can only help. Um, he's been, been on the big stages before with, with, with his country. Um, it, it, it was, a, it was a pretty horrific injury, and, and we, we knew it was going to take some time. Um, and I think that, I mean, he's a, he's a very, um, he's a very proud player, you know, he wants he wants to to contribute to his team, and I think that that's been challenging for him because when you're coming off of a long layoff and and the rehab, it's you're you're not going to pick up exactly where you left off left off. I think you know over time we 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 started to see you know what he was capable of, and I think it's really exciting. I think that uh, you know he's playing some really good hockey right now. And, uh, you know, he has the potential to, to really make an impact in this tournament. Well, coach, I really appreciate your time. Busy week. And, uh, I, I appreciate that you were able to fit this in, uh, uh, during your schedule. Uh, best of luck at the, uh, the Memorial Cup. Great. Thanks, Keith. That's Sean Clouston, the GM and head coach of the Kamloops Blazers. They open the tournament, of course, as hosts. They will take on the Quebec Remparts. Uh, I haven't heard, but I'm assuming, uh, we'll have the, uh, traditional Memorial Cup uniform that they'll unveil uh, on opening night. I haven't seen or heard anything about it, but I assume that will happen. Lots to like about the Blazers. 
I think Zellweger is the best defenseman, uh, not just in the tournament, but in the CHL. They have a lot of offensive weapons up front, and they're going to have the big advantage of home ice and, and their fans behind them. And it's not like they're going to be rusted. It's only been two weeks since they played. I guess it'll be about two and a half weeks uh, once the tournament actually starts. It's not like, and I said this before, it's not like St. John last year who were off for six weeks after being bounced in the first round of the playoffs. It would not shock me if uh, we saw two teams from the WHL in the uh, the national championship final. Uh, that said, Peterborough and Quebec are very good teams, and we're going to look closely at both of them to close out this week's show. First up, it'll be the Remparts. Couldn't get Patrick Waugh on short notice. Uh, they just wrapped up their championship, uh, but I was able to secure the legendary voice of the Quebec Remparts. That's Ray Cluche. Conversation I really enjoyed, and that's next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Willock Beef Jerky. And Raymond stays with a one from here, pokes it ahead, still has it. Rolling puck, Lafreniere works in, shoots, scores! What a goal by Alexi Lafreniere! A superstar in the making! This is Alexi Lafreniere of the Rimouski Oceanic, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks, a lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. We are back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. We've uh, we've heard from the general manager of the Seattle Thunderbirds and the general manager of the uh, Kamloops Blazers. Uh, next up, we're going to uh, talk about the Quebec Remparts. Uh, but the uh, as I'm speaking with you right now, it is Monday, and the party for the Quebec Remparts uh, probably went well into the night, uh, so... We don't get the GM, Patrick Waugh, uh, but maybe we've upgraded because we get the uh, legendary voice of the Quebec Remparts. Uh, Ray Cloutier is back on the Pipeline Show. Uh, Ray, come on, ça va? <laughs> ça va très bien, Guy. Nice. Nice talking to you, and your French is still very good, I see. Uh, no, it is still at about a grade one level, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I can make do. Uh, I love having you on the show, Ray. I've, I've mentioned this uh, to you and, and uh, to other people as well, but... Uh, when I get to listen to a Ray Cloutier uh, call of a Quebec Remparts game, it's so fun. You, you have so much passion. I love absolutely listening to you call a game. Maybe I only understand half of what you're saying, but it's a lot of fun. So it's a, it's a privilege to get to, uh, to chat with you again. And, and the playoffs for the Remparts, pretty exciting playoffs, weren't they? Oh, yes, pretty exciting. Uh, it's been 19 years uh, since I began uh, 
Broadcasting, the Quebec Ramparts, and it's uh, one of the two or three better teams that uh, that I that I've seen from the Quebec Ramparts, and uh, this year was uh, was special. It was special because uh, uh, well they had a good team, and special because uh, last night uh, the Quebec Ramparts ended the 47 years drought of uh, winning the uh, QMGHL uh, playoffs. So. Uh, Make uh, make uh, with all of those facts and uh, the fact that uh, people in Quebec still love hockey a lot with the winning team like the Ramparts. Uh, Guy, last night when we came back, because we flew from uh, Halifax to uh, Quebec to come back, uh, there was uh, um, like a thousand people at the airport wow. waiting for the team and another few thousands at the Centre Vidéotron because... Uh, we uh, came back by bus from the airport to the Centre Vidéotron, and there were people following the bus to the uh, Centre Vidéotron. It probably ended uh, at the early hours uh, on Monday, and uh, <laughs> it was unbelievable. An unbelievable party between the players and uh, the fans in, in Quebec City. Well, the fans have been fantastic. Of course, you're playing in an yep. NHL-sized building uh, in Quebec City and selling it out here in the last few rounds. Uh, that yeah. that's that's got to be a thrill. I mean, uh, here in Edmonton, same situation. We have an NHL building where the sure. uh, the WHL team plays, but you don't get yeah. an NHL crowd all that often for a for a junior team. Uh, but when you do, man, it's a lot of fun, isn't it? It is a lot of fun, and for those players, imagine how uh, it's uh, an unbelievable experience. And for many of them, it will be the uh, the best experience that they will have in their hockey careers. Some mm -hmm. of them will go pro and some of them will, will probably play in the in the NHL but what they are uh, they are seeing now what they are feeling now with the fans in Quebec they will remember that uh, for the rest of their lives there's no no doubt about it it's uh, it's uh, an unbelievable season for that and for the kind of of hockey that the the Quebec Ramparts played when you take uh, the regular season and the playoffs they played 86 games and they won 69 of those games. Mm. That's a that's a season for the. Uh, for the we we don't see that uh, often. Not only for the Quebec Ramparts, but in junior hockey at all. I've heard and I've uh, read rumors. I don't know if it's official, but is this uh, Patrick Waugh's uh, last year with the the Ramparts, or do we know that one way or the other for sure? We don't know that for sure, Guy. But it is probably the last. Uh, the last uh, aura of uh, of Patrick Wa uh, Patrick Wa behind the bench. That's okay. for sure. Uh, coaching the Ramparts, uh, we can say uh, we can say about it a hundred percent that it's his last uh, season. What we don't know is uh, if he'll c continue as a GM for for the team. He still has a, a passion for for the game. There's no doubt about it. There is some rumors about Patrick. Uh, Maybe uh, having a chance again in the in the NHL, but uh, he's uh, for now he's leaving it uh, on the side. He's uh, concentrating. He's focusing on his uh, junior team. And after the uh, the Memorial Cup, well, we'll see what will happen. But uh, there is uh, it's probably his la uh, he, he will coach his last games in Kamloops, BC, in uh, junior hockey. I'm pretty sure about that. Could you imagine the Toronto Maple Leafs? He and Brendan Shanahan getting together? Could you imagine? No, probably not, hey? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, what I don't know is, uh, because uh, Patrick uh, is uh, 57, um, and uh, of course, uh, doing junior hockey and pro hockey, it's not the same. Uh, we just uh, flew from Halifax. 
it's uh, it's easier to uh, uh, to uh, the, those kind of uh, of uh, conditions uh, to make hockey with the the long bus travels that uh, that takes it takes its toll on 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 a, on a human and uh, sure. that's probably what Patrick is uh, fed up with that and I understand because uh, those are long hours you're coming back uh, early at night so that stuff it's very tough do, uh, doing that uh, you have the passion but sometimes uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's just too much but in the NHL of course with all the uh, the conditions there. Um, I'm not sure if he, he if he wants to go back at uh, at any price uh, in the NHL because he wants to uh, uh, to enjoy life. Also, he's mm-hmm. a golf maniac. He likes to play golf. He likes being with his buddies. So uh, maybe he's he's there in his uh, in his life for now. But uh, that I don't I don't know for sure. Of course, uh, I have a good relation with uh, with Patrick, but. Uh, uh, he's not uh, telling me everything, and uh, <laughs> we'll see after <laughs> we'll see after the season, Guy. But uh, it was one hell of a ride for him uh, with the Quebec Ramparts. All right. Well, if this is the end, well, what a way to go out with a uh, a league sure. championship for sure. But we've got yeah. more to talk about the Memorial Cup in Kamloops. Uh, the team flies out on Wednesday, and for a lot of people, it will be their first opportunity to get to know your team. Of course, we got to see the, uh, the uh, a large chunk of the final against Halifax on TSN, which was terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yep. for for everyone else, uh, we need to get to know your team. So uh, let's start with uh, the goaltender and William Russo. It's it's really interesting. I, I've mentioned this with my other guests so far that uh, all four mm-hmm. teams at the Memorial Cup all have goaltenders who are average size. None of them are drafted, so a lot of them yeah. are will uh, casual fans won't know anything about them. Uh, so tell us about William Russo because he was terrific in the uh, in the final. He was very good. Uh, James Malatesta won the MVP award, but uh, William Russo was not far behind uh, James Malatesta for that award for the playoffs twenty twenty three. It's his third season with the the Ramparts. Uh, unfortunately, his first season was during the pandemic, so uh, he played a few games. So a uh, seventeen year old uh, during the pandemic, the season was like thirty two, thirty four games. So. Uh, the overager played almost all the games that year. So uh, for William, it was a tough beginning in the QMJHL. Last year, he was uh, he was uh, um, goaltender number two at the beginning of the year. But uh, the Ramparts lost in the semifinals against Shawinigan last year. And William Rousseau, at the end of the year, was number one goalie. He was playing very well in the playoffs last year. He was very good. So this year, it was uh, he was the goaltender. There's a, a rookie goaltender with him, Quentin Miller, and uh, William Rousseau played almost, he played 50 games this year. Mm. He had a very good season with a little down after the uh, Team Canada, uh, Team Canada Junior. He, he made the, the camp, but he did not make the team. Maybe you remember William yep. Rousseau was uh, one of the four goaltenders at the, uh, at the camp uh, during uh, uh, December. So he did not make the team. It was a little bit of a deception for him. So he came back with uh, that in mind. Uh, it took him a few weeks to uh, uh, to come back and uh, be the goaltender that uh, he needs to be to uh, make the Ramparts a contender. And after that, the beginning in February, he had a good uh, end of the season. And during the playoffs, uh, the last few weeks, uh, William Rousseau was at, uh, at his best uh, this year. He was uh, very good, uh, sharp in front of his net, uh, He's not a big goaltender, but 6'1", it's not too bad. 6'1", 188, and um, he's quick. 
He is uh, he's, um, he's an intellectual goaltender. He likes to uh, understand what's going on, and uh, he played very well during the playoffs. He was he was very good. All right, let's talk about the defensemen that are right in front of him. A little bit different. We don't see you know the one guy who is all about the offense. We don't see a Jeremy Poirier on this uh, back end, or like we see with oh. uh, with Kamloops and Nolan Zellweger. Uh, tell me about this defensive core and and who kind of leads the way for this team. It's a deep and experienced crew. Uh, the, the rear guards, uh, uh, there's um, the uh, younger of the six starters is Zevolod Komarov. That's the Russian. He's a fifth rounder from the Buffalo Sabres. It's his second year with the Ramparts. And um, I don't know for sure, of course, but I would guess that Zevolod Komarov sometimes will play some games in the NHL. He progressed this year, his progression is unbelievable. He's playing on the power play. He's playing. Uh, he's playing a PK also. He's a big guy. Uh, he likes the contact. Maybe he's missing a little bit of mobility. But uh, for the two years that it, he's been here, uh, he progressed a lot. So Severat Tomarov is the younger of the six uh, rear guards. The older one is Nicolas Savoie. Uh, he, he's in his fifth season with the Ramparts. The only Ramparts who's there for his fifth season. Number 14 on defense. He played more than 300 games with the Ramparts. He plays uh, uh, every time on the PK. Of course, his regular shift is sometimes he plays uh, on the power play. So uh, it's like a 25, 27 minutes each game of big hockey for Nicolas Savoie. And the, uh, the three of the, uh, the rear guards are NHL drafted. Uh, apart from Komarov, there's Evan Moss, a second rounder from the Florida Panthers, a smooth skater. Evan Noss was hurt uh, this year. He, uh, he missed uh, two months because of a fracture ankle, but, ankle, but uh, when he was injured, he was probably the best defenseman in the queue uh, at the beginning of January. After that, uh, when he came back, it took a little bit, some, some weeks for him uh, to, uh, to come back to his uh, regular, uh, regular shape. But now he's playing very well, Evan Noss. Jeremy Langlois, Thomas Darcy, uh, and Charles Truchon. Charles Truchon... Uh, was playing very well. He was hurt during the series against Gatineau. He came back for game number three in the finals. And for the first two games against Halifax, uh, the Ramparts had problems with the uh, the power play of the uh, Halifax Moussets. And when Truchon uh, came back for the third game, the, the PK was much better. He's a stay-at-home defenseman mm-hmm. who plays regularly with Savoie. And they are the, the pairing to play against the best lines uh, on the other side. So... Uh, that's the six rear guards for the for the ramparts. You know, it's interesting when you mentioned uh, Komarov at the start as the youngest. Yep. They're all 19 yep. or 20 years old on this team. In fact, there are only three players younger than 19. They're all 18, exactly. and they're not playing. I mean, one's the backup goaltender, and the other two yep. are, are not taking a, you know, they're not dressing. This is a very, this is the oldest team yep. at the Memorial yep. Cup. Exactly. Uh, and that experience, that should be an advantage, right? I would say so, Guy. I think so. Uh, and uh, not only they are experienced, but uh, the majority, I would say, um, two-thirds of the team is with the Ramparts for three or four years now. So uh, mm. they grew up in the organization. They grew up uh, in Quebec City. And uh, some players uh, come uh, c- came around the team, like Justin Robida. Justin Robida was a nice acquisition for the Ramparts. The best acquisition for the Ramparts this year was Justin Robida. His uh, father is the uh, is an assistant coach with the uh, with the Canadian Stefan Robida. Mm-hmm. So uh, Justin was Justin was playing with Valdor, 
He's one of the best players uh, of his draft year, 2019. That's his draft year. He was drafted second behind Joshua Roy. And uh, Robida was the best uh, scorer for the Ramparts during the playoffs with 27 points. I, I like to uh, talk about Robida like the, the glue for all the, uh, the puzzle of the, the Ramparts. They had all the parts. And Robida was a good leader. He was captain with his team uh, with a lot of experience and a very good hockey player, a good IQ uh, hockey player. Uh, he's like the glue for all the, the puzzle that was, uh, that was already there for the, for the Ramparts. The last part of the puzzle was uh, the arriving of uh, Justin Robida, but uh, many players can, uh, can fill, the, uh, fill in the net. Uh, they have uh, lots of uh, experience and they are deep in front of the, the Ramparts. They have three lines who can score uh, regularly. Well, a few of those guys worth mentioning uh, that even casual fans should recognize their names. Uh, Zachary Bolduc, uh, Nathan Gaucher, uh, and uh, James Malatesta, who was the MVP. You mentioned him. Yep. Uh, and uh, a couple of guys who, who aren't drafted yet or signed by NHL teams, I guess, is uh, Theo Rochette and Pierre-Olivier Roy, yep. who just scored the, the big goal, the, the series-clinching goal. Uh, against Halifax, there's a lot of offense on this team. Who who doesn't get enough attention? Who do you think kind of falls under the uh, the radar or through the cracks because of all the other big name players? That's a good question. I would say the last one that you name, Pierre Olivier Roy, is a uh, one of the three overagers for the Ramparts. He's a native of uh, Quebec City, but he began his career with the Gatineau Olympics. He was a first rounder with the Gatineau Olympics. For three years, he played in Gatineau. His third year was not a very good one. He, he told me uh, I did not have a good year. And the Red Parts uh, made, made a trade to bring him in Quebec for his uh, season of 19-year-old. And now he's uh, an overager. Pierre-Olivier Roy played all, all year with uh, Théo Rochette and Zachary Bolduc. They, they were the first line for the Ramparts. They were the best line for the Ramparts. They, they scored like a... Almost 300 points, the, the three together. Théo Rochette was the MVP of the regular season. Zachary Bolduc scored 50 goals. But they had success, those two guys, Rochette and Bolduc. They are very good offensive players. Players, yeah. But the guy who uh, uh, permit them to be offensive players is Pierre-Olivier Roy. And he can follow them also. He's a good skater, as you saw with the winning goal yesterday. He's a good skater, but he's very responsible on 200 feet on the ice. So uh, it's very important to leave Rochette and Bolduc try to make some plays in front uh, and he's taking care of the, f the defensive side. I would say Pierre-Olivier Roy and uh, I, I talked uh, about uh, Nicolas Savoie. I think he's a very, very important player for the, uh, for the Ramparts. Uh, they lost him for a few games uh, and we saw the difference uh, during the year uh, because he's a stay-at-home defenseman but he makes all the details that make the difference uh, during a hockey game. So I would say those two overagers, Pierre-Olivier Roy and Nicolas Savoie, are two guys that would uh, merit that we speak uh, of them a little bit more. All right. Uh, but I have to get uh, your thoughts on Zachary Bolduc. 110 points this year, 50 goals, as you mentioned. He's a St. Louis yep. Blues prospect. Tell our listeners uh, about him and what we should expect from him in Kamloops. He's a great shooter. Uh, for a shooter of the puck, I've not seen... I've not seen many much, many more better players than Zachary Bolduc in uh, juniors. He's shooting the puck like it's unbelievable. He's a good skater, a good uh, offensive player first, and he, he's trying to uh, uh, 
to be better as a defensive uh, uh, player on the ice. But uh, two seasons of 50 goals and more, uh, that's very good in junior hockey. The Ramparts uh, uh, made a trade to uh, uh, to acquire him uh, with the Rimouski Oceanic, a first-rounder for St. Louis. I think he'll have a chance uh, to play in the NHL sometimes, but his, uh, his, best, uh, his best asset is uh, surely his, uh, his shot. Yesterday, he made a great play. He, he cut to the net uh, after uh, he, he was able to, uh, to go uh, uh, in front of the net after he, he, uh, he, he was going around the, the defenseman. So uh, maybe he does not do that um, uh, enough uh, going to the, uh, the, the area where it pays, but uh, when also you can, uh, you can have a, uh, a, little, uh, a little check or something like that. He has to be... Uh, uh, maybe better in those parts of the of his game, but uh, he's a very good offensive player who's shooting the puck very well. Uh, Nathan Gaucher, uh, who has been with Team Canada at the World Junior Championship twice, uh, I had him on yep. the show last year in his draft year. I really enjoyed the conversation with him, and he's a strong sure. player. I'm a little surprised that he doesn't have more points. Is, have we seen yep. him the best of him yet? I, I have the feeling he can take his game to another level still. I think so also. He did not have a very good uh, final against Halifax uh, point-wise. But uh, Nathan Gaucher is able to uh, make his mark in a hockey game, not only with his uh, point scoring, with his assist, with his goal, but he's good on 200 feet and he's a physical player. The hockey is different in 2023 than it was uh, like 15, 20, 25 years ago when uh, maybe uh, hockey was more physical, but Nathan Gaucher would have been, uh, uh, would have been a, a good player at that time. So he's that kind of player, a rare kind of player. Um, when you, uh, you play against Nathan Gaucher and uh, you play on the other side, you have to keep your head up because he likes to hit. And uh, during the final, he was important for the Ramparts for that aspect. But for the, uh, for the scoring sheet, you're right. He had only one assist in six games. Uh, but uh, before that, he had like 15, 16 points. So uh, he was very good. And also, uh, Patrick Roy uh, changed his lines, his lines in front uh, during all the, year, all the season. And last year also, Nathan Gaucher was playing with James Maratesta. They were both rooming together in Quebec City. And they separate them uh, during the final. So uh, maybe without Maratesta, it was tougher for uh, Nathan Gaucher to produce uh, offensively. But uh, he can certainly do that. And he's very proud of his uh, two gold medals, I can tell you that. And uh, last night, well, uh, that's one kind of a junior career when you think of it, Guy, uh, for Nathan Gaucher. Two gold medals, and last night he won the uh, QNJHL Playoff Championship. Uh, he's a first-rounder in the NHL. He'll have a good chance to play uh, in the NHL sometimes. Well, the tournament starts on Friday. It's the first time that Quebec has been back since 2015. Uh, they won the tournament in 2006. Uh, so we're looking forward to seeing the ramparts. Uh, what do you know about uh, Kamloops in Seattle and, and Peterborough, for that matter? Uh, it all starts on Friday against Kamloops. Do, I imagine you're doing a lot of homework. I do, and I like to, uh, with the CHL application, I like it. I think it's better than it was, and uh, it's interesting for people who like uh, junior hockey. Uh, in Canada, we have some, uh, we have all the games. First, first we have all the games, uh, and the uh, the broadcast is very good. So uh, I followed the finals uh, 
in the in the O and the finals in the WHL. Um, there are some guys uh, with Cam Loops that played for uh, Team Canada also. So mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, that's what we know about those teams. We'll know better uh, in the next few days. And uh, um, uh, uh, I'm just I'm just happy that uh, we can go there in Cam Loops for the the Memorial Cup. I'm looking forward for that uh, that cup this year. I'm looking forward to it as well, uh, and uh, I hope you enjoy the tournament. And uh, Ray, bon chance. <laughs> Thank you, Guy. You have a good French, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's like you're just missing a little bit of confidence, but you, your French is good. I have to live up to my name, Ray. I, it's a French name. <laughs> Very good. See you, Guy. Such a nice guy. That's Ray Cluche, the uh, longtime voice of the Quebec Ramparts. And again, if you haven't had a chance to to listen to him call a game, even just go to the Q's website and pull up a game that was uh, the where the Ramparts were the home team and listen to him call a game. Especially like the some of the overtime games in the playoffs where the Ramparts scored. Ah, oh, fantastic! Just great stuff. Terrific broadcaster. I wish my French was to the level where I could understand more of what he's saying. Uh, I wish I was bilingual. Great to have him on the show once again. We have one more segment to get to, and that obviously is going to focus on the Ontario Hockey League champion, the Peterborough Peets, and uh, and general manager Mike Oak is my guest. He's a longtime uh, contributor here on the Pipeline Show, going way back to the beginning when he was a scout with International Scouting Services. Well, we're going to reminisce and uh, catch up and uh, get to know the Peterborough Peets. Next, here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Hey, it's Zach Glant from the Peterborough Pete. There's a shot. James Taylor, Galant. That's a big goal as he goes upstairs and he's on a roll. Zach Galant. And that cuts the lead to 2-1 right off the faceoff, his seventh. And this is the Pipeline Show. talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goal. He scores. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious me. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. And boom goes the dynamite. Hey, we're back on The Pipeline Show. Final segment of this week's episode where we're uh, previewing the upcoming Memorial Cup. We've uh, heard from uh, people who cover the uh, Camelot Blazers, the Seattle Thunderbirds, the Quebec Ramparts, and our next stop is uh, the Peterborough Peets. And a real treat to uh, get to catch up with uh, an old friend of The Pipeline Show going way back from... When uh, he used to come on as a member of uh, International Scouting Services, and of course is the GM of the Peterborough Peets, it's Mike Oak. Uh, Mike, welcome back. How are you? Well, it's uh, it's great to be back uh, with you. I'm doing well, and uh, always enjoyed my conversations with you uh, back in the old ISS days. But I'm going to tell you, I, I know I'm going to enjoy this one even more. <laughs> well, I was excited for you because I know it's it's been a long time coming. Uh, it must have been a thrill, and what an exciting playoff run uh, for you and the Peets, and uh, finally wrapping it up. And for the listeners' benefit, uh, we're talking on Monday, so you haven't flown out to Kamloops yet. In fact. 
he just won the OHL championship uh, about 24 hours ago. Uh, so I'm sure you're still pretty uh, pretty excited. Yeah, it was a great uh, moment for the Peterborough Peets and uh, our coaches, our players, our staff. Um, but it was equally special for the city of Peterborough and the surrounding communities. Um, we've had such tremendous support over the years. And um, to, to be able to win an OHL championship on home ice, um, it was uh, it was an awesome experience for the community and for our players. First OHL title for the Pete since 2006, I believe. Memorial Cup championship back in, uh, what was that, 1979? Yep, correct. 79, the, uh, the only Memorial Cup. In Pete's history, they've made a, a number of trips to the Memorial Cup, and I know that uh, we've enjoyed uh, the last 24 hours, uh, the OHL championship, but our focus is going to turn uh, tomorrow morning towards our next goal and objective, and that's the Memorial Cup. Well, and speaking of that, I mean, you're playing against three teams you have never seen before in person. Uh, how much uh, preparation and, and homework has already been done? Do you Do you risk, like, is that a distraction? I don't want to start looking too far ahead. So I can't start looking at Seattle or Kamloops or, or Quebec until your OHL champions. Does, does the the uh, the homework start today, or have you already started to do a little bit? No, we already started doing a little bit of work. We've got a tremendous support staff and some folks that uh, you know help out with video, that help out with analytics and and looking at numbers and and whatnot. And and so we've had a chance to you know take a look at all of the the potential opponents, whether it be Halifax or Quebec or, you know, Seattle, Winnipeg, and obviously the host team Kamloops. So we've, we, we followed them and the opportunity to see them, uh, you know, the last uh, couple of games there were on TV nationally. So we had a chance to watch those guys uh, there maintaining a focus on our series. Uh, we didn't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but at the same time uh, we did have the opportunity to, to take a bit of a sneak peek and, I know now, uh, again, tomorrow morning, the, the work will uh, reset and focus on our upcom- upcoming opponents. Maybe this is a question more for uh, for head coach Rob Wilson, but I'll ask you anyway because you're the guy on the phone with me. But when you get to a tournament like this, is it more about designing and executing your own strategy and game plan and just hope that whatever you do, if you execute your plan, it's going to work out? Or do you have to, to look at Quebec and, and learn about Kamloops and strategize for Seattle when you're playing those individual games? Well, I think you want to know as a coach and as a player, you know, what those particular teams and their respective players, their tendencies, you know, maybe some of the systems, some of the plays that they use so that you can maybe make some adjustments within your game to, to counteract. But I think one of the things that our coaches and our players have done a really good job at is focusing on what we do, what we do well, and making sure that we execute to the best of our abilities. And, that's something that we saw bore out uh, in the playoffs. And uh, if we have to make some in-game adjustments, our coaches are, are pretty good at recognizing those adjustments that need to be made. And equally important, the players uh, were you know, able to make those adjustments on the fly and, and, uh, and put us in the positions that we did uh, each of the series that allowed us to, to win. Uh, one interesting uh, comparison to make between the four teams: all four teams have a goaltender who's you know six one, six foot, six maybe two. None of them are drafted, uh, but like a, the WHL goaltender, uh, the MVP was their goaltender in Seattle. Same with you, uh, Michael Simpson, uh, the uh, OHL MVP in the playoffs. 
something about this tournament and the fact that no, none of the goaltenders are drafted yet, it, it almost uh, it's revealing that it's it's not about future NHL success. This is a snapshot on where a guy is in their career development right now. This is a junior hockey tournament. You're after the best junior players, and uh, these goaltenders are the best at their position right now. Tell me about Michael Simpson. Well, it's so true, and uh, if you're uh, a goalie uh, playing at this time of the year, you're a good goalie. Uh, make no mistake about it. And Michael Simpson is somebody that came to Peterborough a few years ago when we first initiated a new program uh, where we utilized our AAA uh, U18 program as our primary affiliate. So Michael had a chance to come in and and play behind uh, Hunter Jones and, and Ty Austin at the time. Uh, he was our third goalie. Uh, practiced with the team every day along with a couple of other players uh, that uh, participated in that program. And then, uh, unfortunately, COVID hit. And, uh, you know, when that happened here in Ontario, uh, our season was cancelled. Michael was playing on a a real strong U18 program that had aspirations to go to the TELUS Cup. And then the following year, uh, we didn't have a season at all. Um, you know, so you fast forward to last year and Michael came in with a returning goalie and, uh, you know, neither of them had a great deal of OHL experience. And, and over the course of the year, they battled out uh, and Michael, you know, kind of took over the starting role. And coming into this year, I think he had a real shot in the arm knowing that, you know, he was coming to camp, uh, knowing he was our number one goalie. And, and it really uh, carried right through the regular season and, and into the playoffs. Well, he's been terrific, uh, really strong in the postseason for sure. Uh, let's look at the uh, the blue line. couple of drafted players or guys with NHL ties in, in Brian Zanetti, uh, who's with Philly, and uh, Gavin White uh, with a connection to the Dallas Stars. Outside of that, maybe not, not a, a lot of uh, names that uh, fans, casual fans outside of the OHL market that they would recognize. So educate me on, uh, on your defensive core. Well, you mentioned... Uh... Gavin and you and you mentioned Brian, uh, both uh, NHL drafted players. Uh, Brian uh, is uh, a European uh, from Switzerland. Uh, came to us last year, uh, had a real solid season last year, and, and uh, has really adapted well to the North American game. He's somebody that his game has continued to get better and better, and and I know that uh, he has aspirations to potentially play uh, at the National Hockey League. I, I think he's also uh, you know, for his development, he also has an opportunity next year to, to go back to Switzerland and maybe continue to grow in the pro level there before uh, making the full-time jump to, to pro here in North America. So he's, he's definitely a strong addition. Gavin White, uh, you know, returning to the Memorial Cup for the second time after winning an OHL championship with the Hamilton Bulldogs last year. And, and so he brings experience. He's got extremely good feet. He can move well and and somebody that we were going to be able to count on, uh, you know, providing us with some guidance and, and leadership as we as we go to the Memorial Cup for the first time. But we've got a lot of other unheralded players, uh, guys like Sam Maye, who is a uh, uh, missed in his OHL draft year. He was selected in the U18 draft. He came into camp, uh, made the team, has been uh, our defenseman of the year the past two seasons. Connor Smith, a, a late 04, so he's draft eligible for the first time. Uh, you know, he's a six foot, uh, five, six foot six defenseman moves well. Um, you know, he's a fierce competitor and, and certainly he's gaining some attention from, from the NHL scouts. And then, uh, we look at Donovan McCoy, who is a former first round pick of the Peterborough Pete. He's just a true warrior. Um, you know, he, he works hard. 
uh, on and off the ice. And, uh, you know, oozes character, oozes leadership. And, um, you know, he, he is such a positive influence around everybody uh, within the organization. So, um, you know, that that's uh, some of the, the guys in the back end. And then you, you add in a, a Cam Govro, uh, who we picked up in a trade at the deadline. Uh, real, just a, a steadying influence, um, solid uh, defensive defenseman. Uh, strong in the corners in those battle areas and so uh, when opposition teams come into our zone you know it's our intent to make sure that uh, we, we want to make life difficult for for them to maneuver and and, and get in uh, close to our net. All right Mike let's go to the forward group and uh, lots of talent and skill up front for sure and, and a lot of tinkering that you did with the roster this year and and added some high-end players uh, maybe walk me through some of the uh, the names that folks are going to recognize. Well, you know, we drafted J.R. Avon in the first round uh, a, a few years ago, and, and he was a player that, um, you know, is is a hometown boy. Uh, so it's always nice to see those stories. He, he grew up playing for the Minor Peets, and, and he's had a terrific playoff. Um, last year he went to Philadelphia Flyers camp as a free agent, and, and uh, he earned himself. Uh, NHL contract as a free agent so that speaks uh, volumes about what his uh, skill and ability is he's probably the fastest skater in the OHL uh, tremendous speed you know but then up and down our lineup you know you look at uh, Tucker Robertson uh, a true warrior uh, somebody that was passed over in his first year of eligibility in the NHL draft the Seattle Kraken pick um, you know he, he's really a, a real warrior for us and we did add some players uh, about, uh, you know, January 10th last year. We decided that, you know, we thought there would be a window for us this year. And so we made some moves with an eye on this year. Uh, we, we moved Mason McTavish to Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And uh, through that, we were able to acquire Chase Stillman, uh, New, Jer- New Jersey Devils uh, first round pick. And Chase is uh, is somebody that is is a real battler, uh, strong, heavy body, uh, wears other teams down, and and then along the way we made some moves to pick up Connor Lockhart uh, from Erie, um, who uh, again uh, just battles. Uh, you know, maybe not the biggest in frame, but definitely competes and doesn't back down from anybody. And then in season, you know, we made some changes for sure. We picked up. Uh, Brennan Othman, uh, you know, two-time member of Team Canada World Junior uh, Championship caliber player. And then uh, at the Christmas uh, time, we started to zero in on some other players. And and we, uh, along with Gavin White, we picked up Avery Hayes from the uh, Bulldogs, uh, knowing that both Avery and Gavin would come in with that championship pedigree that they'd be able to share with the rest of our group. Uh, along with Owen Beck, uh, we made a, a significant uh, and a real bold move, I think, in acquiring Owen Beck, uh, somebody who is a late addition to, to Team Canada, as you might remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's come in and, and again, just uh, provided, um, you know, some real solid play in both ends of the rink. And and so those are the names that a lot of the fans are going to recognize, uh, you know, in, in the observers. But, you know, another thing that we're really, really proud about is, is we uh, through the draft have acquired some players, you know, later in the draft that have, have stepped up and really contribute to our success. Uh, players that we drafted in the 14th and 15th rounds, guys like Jacques Dubois and, 
and guys like Chase Lefebvre, uh, you know, they've all played key roles at uh, different points in the regular season and obviously into the postseason. So, uh, you know, we, we've got uh, contributions up and down the lineup and uh, our players uh, really have a, a strong bond and, and they want to play for one another. And I think that's uh, been a, a real key to our success. Well, a lot of moves uh, and a lot of acquisitions, and it, obviously it worked for you, your, w, your OHL champions. We've seen in other leagues and in the OHL as well, sometimes there are teams that go out and make a lot of uh, additions, and for whatever reason, it doesn't come together. Maybe it's, it's too many changes. Was that ever a concern for you? Did you ever think, oh, you know what, we want to do all of these moves, but maybe we're tinkering too much? Was that a thought that you uh, came across? Well, you know what, uh, we, we definitely had to, to make some bold moves and we gave up some real good young players, uh, guys like Nick Lardis, who just uh, represented Canada at the U18s uh, right. um, this past April, and, and we gave up another young uh, first-round pick um, uh, to, to make the move for Owen Beck. But uh, we just really felt with the makeup of our team and our scouting staff and the coaches, we we felt that the addition of the players we brought in would, would really serve us well. And, and for sure, it took a while to, to gel and adjust. Um, you know, our systems, I don't think, are, are maybe some of the traditional systems used. So it did uh, take some of the guys a little bit longer to pick things up, guys to kind of figure out where they slotted in in the roster and the things that we needed them to do consistently in order for us to have success. And uh, we worked out the bugs in the regular season, but myself, the coaching staff, and the players to a man, we all had confidence that our, we're confident in, in the group we'd assembled and, and knew that when we got into the playoffs uh, that we would uh, uh, be prepared and be committed and, uh, you know, thought that we would give ourselves a, a real good chance to win a championship, and, and that's the way it bore out couple of those series in the OHL playoffs, you were the lower seed, so you were starting on the road, didn't have home ice advantage. Did your team underachieve this year? Uh, maybe we'll start with that. I, I expected, I had a lot of people who were telling me to watch for Peterborough this year uh, and uh, ended up, I think you were fourth place in the in the Eastern Conference. Was, was that underachieving for you? Yeah, I think we probably did a little bit. Again, you know, each year you have a different set of circumstance. You know, we had some distractions, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, when you have players, uh, you know, and key players leave your team for to represent the country at, at Christmas time, that does become a bit of a distraction for the club team. And then uh, midway through January, Owen Beck was uh, so fortunate to be called up to play his first game in the National Hockey League. You know, so even though it was one game, still becomes a bit of a distraction. And, and then we had some different injuries and we had some suspensions and, and so... Um, you know, I think we, we did face a lot of adversity in the regular season and, and we felt uh, and talked about it, you know, often that this adversity is going to make us stronger when when things really matter. And I think when you look at our playoff uh, run to this point, um, truer words have not been spoken. Uh, we played in the first round a, a very, very good, physical, strong Sudbury Wolves team who, who finished the the regular season, uh, very, very strong. And then we moved on to our second round opponent in Ottawa, who again had a, had a record breaking season for them and, and, uh, you know, won the, the league, uh, uh, finished first place, won the league uh, regular season champion. And, and then, uh, we were fortunate enough to, to, uh, get past them. And then, uh, North Bay who made some significant moves themselves and, and had a, 
a real uh, playoff kind of heavy style roster themselves. We were fortunate to get past them in seven and then move on to the London Knights who, uh, you know, without a doubt have been a team over the past number of years that, you know, really are a contender each and every year here in the OHL. And we knew it was going to be a tough series, but we, uh, looking back, um, you know, the adversity we faced in the regular season, the real tough opponents that we've had uh, in the first uh, three rounds of the playoffs set us up well for for a battle with the uh, with the London Knights, and it was a great series. Uh, London is uh, a terrific competitor. Uh, we've had lots of great battles and, and lots of great uh, playoff series over the years against London, and uh, we were fortunate enough to to get things done. All right, so where I was going to go with that was because you're the lower seed in a bunch of those playoff series, there'd be a lot of people who wouldn't have necessarily picked the Peets to win those uh, series. Much the same here at the Memorial Cup. You're, the other three teams are, all had over 100 points this year, and the Peets had 74. So there'll be a lot of casual fans who say, all right, well, the Peets are probably in tough here. But you've gone through that already. So does that just kind of bolster the team? Does that give confidence to everybody that, you know, we can come from behind. We can surprise a lot of people. We'll be the underdogs, no problem. Yeah, I think we have a real confident group. Um, you know, I'm confident in the coaches and I'm confident in the players. I know the coaches will have the players well-prepared uh, each and every game. And I know the players have a lot of belief in the coaches. And uh, when, when you have the, such a strong belief as we do, um, you know, we know that each of these games coming up at the Memorial Cup are going to be a challenge. They're going to be very difficult. They're going to be against very good teams. And, and in two cases, it's going to be uh, competing against uh, other league champions. And you don't, you know, just become a league champion by accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very good teams. Uh, we know that. Uh, but we also think we're a very good team. And we'll prepare and uh, we'll be ready. And I know that uh, it's a challenge that we're looking forward to. And uh, we're, uh, we're just really, really excited about the opportunity. How much focus is there going to be on away from the rink? Uh, because at the Memorial Cup, there's a lot going on. you got banquets. you got a lot of media requests and, and, and a lot of festivities around the city. You want guys to experience it because they might not ever be there again. It might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But there's also business to take care of, and, and you got to balance that. How do you go about that? Well, I think it's it's so true. I mean, it is a once in a life opportunity. Uh, we're not going to have our players uh, locked in the in the hotel rooms. Uh, we're going to uh, go, and when it's time to work and time to practice and time to get ready, we're going to focus on on those tasks. But at the same time, uh, you know, as I mentioned to somebody uh, earlier today when we met as a group. You know, we've just joined an elite club. Uh, we've joined a, a, a club that features only four teams. Uh, you know, so really uh, about 100 players will ever down the road be able to say that they played in the 2023 Memorial Cup. And we're fortunate enough that our players are going to be a part of that club. So we want them to, you know, go to the Memorial Cup. We want to go and, and our objective is to win. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we, uh, you know, experience uh, what the Memorial Cup you know, means to junior hockey in Canada. And, and I know that uh, from speaking with the the host uh, committee and, and the folks at the CHL, it sounds like Cam Loops has done a bang-up job in preparation for, for hosting a, a great event. And I know from, uh, you know, my time uh, traveling rinks, uh, there's no doubt about it, Cam Loops uh, 
supports junior hockey and and i expect that it'll be uh, a terrific event both on and off the ice well it all gets started on saturday for for you and the pizza taking on the whl champion seattle thunderbirds uh, mike i really appreciate your time uh enjoy the tournament best of luck thanks very much uh great catching up with you again and uh uh, again, a special hello to, to all your listeners, and uh, believe me, I know you have listeners uh, literally all over the world. All right, buddy, I appreciate it. All right, take care. That's the one and only Mike Oak, the general manager of the OHL champion Peterborough Pete, squaring off against uh, Seattle on uh, this uh, Saturday and to kick off their Memorial Cup. It all begins on Friday with uh, the host team Kamloops Blazers as they lock up with the Quebec Remparts out of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Should be a great tournament. Lots of intrigue. I think most people will be picking the Seattle Thunderbirds. I am. But you can make a very good argument for any of the four teams. Nobody is going under the radar. They're all deserving to be there. Let me know on Twitter who you are taking. You can find me at TPS underscore Guy. Next week on the program, well, we'll be able to uh, catch up and see what the up-to-date status is of the Memorial Cup. We're also going to be uh, looking back at the Centennial Cup, which wrapped up this week. The Brooks Bandits, national champions at the Junior A level. The North American Hockey League just wrapped up as well. And we might uh, touch base on what happened in the USHL as the Clark Cup was uh, won by the Youngstown Phantoms. So playing a little catch-up, and that was because of last week uh, with uh, there not being a show. Uh, but there is going to be lots to get to, and then once we're done all that, there's nothing in our road except the end of the Memorial Cup, the NHL Combine, and the NHL Draft. So an exciting couple of months here coming up before we get to the offseason, and I am looking forward to sharing it all with you. As always, enjoy the week and the weekend and the Memorial Cup, and uh, I hope you get a chance to watch some of those games so that you and I can talk about it next week right here on The Pipeline Show. It's brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. And my name is Guy Flaming. See ya.